Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Extra time. I'm your host Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got Adam. Hello. How are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. And I've got Emma. Hello. How are you? Uh, hi, I'm Painkillers. I was going to say you've you've been in an accident this week, haven't you? Yeah, I have a proper footballer's injury. What did you do? I was running 20k and I have torn a little piece of my ACL ligament. So two things me and Adam said to you pre-record, if you will run, then what do you expect? And also the fact you had to run 18 kilometres before you had this. You didn't sort of have it 10 metres off the start line. <laughs> yeah, it's my own fault. I fully accept that. Yeah. <laughs> so as a footballer, you said you'd be out for like three months. Is that right? That's before I could even start jogging, yeah. Yeah. It is bad for you running. Do, you remember, I don't think, do either of you remember a comedian called Bill Hicks? Yeah. Yes. Um, have you seen his bit on Yul Brenner and Jim Fix? No. Okay, so Yul Brenner was a very heavy smoking and partying and drinking actor. Jim Fix was a athlete who spent obviously a lot of his time keeping fit and healthy. Yul Brenner was diagnosed with um, lung cancer and died. But before he died, he made a video saying, I'm Yul Brenner and I'm dead now and smoking killed me. And Bill Hicks's point was Jim Fix died with a heart attack while running. Um, but no one ever made a video about him dying through being too healthy. Yeah, but Bill Hicks kind of loses that high ground by the fact that he does he did bits himself going, <laughs> I was wrong, smoking's bad, and then died of, <laughs> died of lung cancer himself. No, he died of pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. Well, Smoking-related cancer. It's all, it's all inside you somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, right, shall we go to the Champions League? We'll start there this week, shall we? Um, we'll start in North London. Uh, Spurs 2, Bayern Munich 7. Um, on the video printer, that would actually come out with 7 plus the word afterwards. Um, Serge Gnabry scored 4 and afterwards tweeted, North London is red, which is pretty cool. Um, Spurs took the lead in this one and they were drawing till the 41st minute. Uh, and they played all right for the first 35 minutes or so. Adam, you said you've not seen much. Emma, have you seen any highlights from this? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, what did you make of it? Um, Spurs are rubbish, aren't they? <laughs> but they were all right for the start. They took the lead through Sun. Um, I know they got the goal back. I that was Kimmich that scored the, the equaliser. Um, and they were doing all right. Bayern weren't playing particularly great, and they weren't really rubbish until the sort of mid-50s minutes when Bayern went on their rampage. Yeah, um, Lewandowski's goal, though, was uh, pretty special. That was something else, wasn't it, that turn? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. I'm, do, I'm, do, you, do you think Tony Pulis has um, <laughs> re-evaluated Serge Gnabry? 
<laughs> Do you think Arsenal have re-evaluated him? <laughs> am I wrong with Robert Lewandowski? I've always had him in mind as a sort of poacher, but he's obviously more than that, isn't he? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, given that, you know, the way he turned and finished that goal, I mean, yeah. He's always much better than people give him credit for, I think. He's a little bit underrated. You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Adam, what do you reckon? Um, I think he's playing for the biggest team in Germany and has done for a long time. I'm not sure quite how underrated he is. I mean, I, I've I've bet on him on multiple occasions to be top score, goal scorer at international tournaments, and he's let me down. So that's because he plays for a team that won't go very far. One of the ones Polo were quite good, and they had really cross teams in their group. Hmm. The logic was all there. Chris, it's just he just let me down again and again and again. He's really good on FIFA. Yeah, he is. That's true. Um, Serge Gnabry is only the second German player to score four in a Champions League game since. This goes back to 2014 against Basel. Anybody? Mm, 2014. Yeah. Closer? No. Um. Sorry, can I have the question again? Serge Gnabry is only the second German player to score four in a Champions League game since. Since. I'll give you a clue. Emma, you wouldn't have trouble saying his surname given your nationality. Yeah, that's not really helping. (laughs) Think Italian plumbers as well. Oh, Mario... Mario... Oh, Mario Gomez. Mario Gomez. There you go. Uh, yeah, Lewandowski scored in his last nine competitive games. Yeah, he's probably is quite good, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do we blame for this? Then? Do we blame Pochettino? Do we blame the players? Um, both. Uh, is it Poch out? As a lot of people on Five Live were tweeting into Kelly Cakes after the game. Um, where, do, where does Spurs go from here? Twitter should use that as a tool to remove their... Um... And then just remove their Twitter access. Like it's like a trick. <laughs> like, like, have have you done this? Yeah, you're out. Yeah. Are you a reactionary oddball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen today's reactionary lunacy? Uh, smacking children. Is it good or bad? Um. Uh, what did Piers Morgan say? I've not seen Piers Morgan. Piers, Piers Morgan would have said good. So <laughs> yeah. Lots of people with Union Jacks were avatars. Um, and uh... In the olden days when I was smacked, it was so much better. Yeah. <laughs> kids, kids respected their parents. And, were... Where, where and, everyone, and everyone had a solid gold sink in their bathroom. Exactly. But it never did me any harm. And they've turned, they turned out all right, haven't they? Abusing people on the internet for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah like, it never did like people like my dad any harm, apart from the, the depression and the sort of... Childhood full of fear and. <laughs> is, there, is there a correlation, Emma, between people that say you're not a true Barcelona fan and those that. <laughs> no, there's not a correlation because all those people who say that um, Emma's not a true ba- Barcelona fan um, aren't old enough to have children. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're not 
old enough to legally vote, so you know. <laughs> okay, so who are we blaming for this? We're blaming Pochettino, the players, Daniel Levy, everybody, um, Jesse. Who are we blaming? <laughs> I mean, Jesse feels like the prime target for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hasn't turned up in a while, gone missing. Yeah, gone missing in bid protests. <laughs> <laughs> um, has Poch been there too long? No. No? I think it's a bit disrespectful to him, considering that they probably overachieved for the last, well, definitely last season. Um, Maybe they're just, you know, kind of leveling out to what they should be. I don't don't think he's been there too long, but maybe he has lost, maybe he doesn't have the stomach for the fight anymore, perhaps. Um, Perhaps he's reached a little bit of the stage, um, like Pep's last year in Barcelona, when he wanted to massively overturn the squad and there wasn't the support there at club level. Mm-hmm. So he did move on. Perhaps perhaps that's the step. Perhaps Poch needs to overturn that, to uh, really overhaul that squad and there isn't the the desire to do it at a board level. He's got three big players, hasn't he? Uh, Vertonghen, Alvarez and Ericsson, who are in the last years of their contract, or the last year of their contract. Um, are they going to listen to... They're not going to listen to Pochettino, are they? Are they? Maybe they're thoroughly professional and do them a big disservice. Didn't you see that rumour that uh, Vertonghen was sleeping with Ericsson's wife? Yes. I've heard about that. And then Harry Kane punched him. Yes. Punch too. Who did Harry Kane punch? Vertonghen. Okay. That makes sense. I can't imagine Harry Kane punching anyone, though. Neither can I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one that was true was that Thibaut Courtois had a one-night stand with Kevin De Bruyne's girlfriend. You all know about that, didn't you? Yes. That was when he was after to get Madrid, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What, sorry, he had a one-night stand with Kevin De Bruyne's girlfriend, but when, when Courtois was at, at, at Atletico? Yeah. So uh, not even when they were both at Chelsea? I'm not even sure they were ever both at Chelsea. No, I don't, well, I don't think they... Well, if they were, Courtois was out on loan at Atletico Madrid. I think she was over there on business or studying or something like that, and then as she knew Courtois <laughs> through a boyfriend, she... Business or pleasure, both. Yeah, Charles de Gaulle little faced Thibaut Courtois took her out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, next up Spurs, they're away to Brighton, who've got zero wins at home this season. So you might think that's uh, the sort of result that Spurs want. However, they've got zero away wins this season, um, which isn't great. That's the early game on BT Sport on Saturday. So has this got nil-nil written all over it, is it? I would say say something's got to give, but football luckily has this draw function. That means it doesn't. (laughs) Uh, You think that's what it's going to be, do you? No, I think um, I'm slowly losing faith in my over-appreciation of Brighton, so I will back Spurs to win that game. Okay. I think think I might give Brighton absolute hiding. Oh, you reckon? They've sort of been made angry. Just like a, yeah, like a, a wounded animal. Yeah. Okay. Emma, um, Spurs' last time Premier League goals have all been in the first half. Um, is that all to your thinking at all for Saturday? No, I think I, I think they'll... I think Pochettino will get a reaction from them. And if he doesn't, he's in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Spurs will win. All right. Real Madrid got very lucky in, in midweek, didn't they? They drew 2-2 after being 2-0 down at half-time. Is anyone looking at Madrid's form and Pochettino's uh, sort of happiness at Spurs and putting two and two together. Yeah, but they're also mentoring Mourinho as well. So. Yeah, he's, basically, he's behind Mourinho in the queue, isn't he? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. But Mourinho's got that cushy punditry job now, so. But yeah. Mourinho, Mourinho is very much a uh, uh, a Florentino favourite. Yeah, he is. I wonder how much of a favourite he is with everybody else at the club, though. <laughs> I don't think that matters, does it? No, <laughs> no it really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, okay, S1 Group B, uh, Red Star. Just, quick, just quickly, because we talked about Courtois, the sad news about uh, Courtois being diagnosed with anxiety and being substituted halfway through the game. Yeah, apparently he hasn't got anxiety, though. Even though, uh, well done to Real Madrid's medical detective. <laughs> yeah, Real Madrid released one of the Comunicado officials today saying that he was taken off because he had gastroenteritis. Not how, anxiety. How did they? How did they fuck this up so badly? I really don't know. Uh, did not suffer an anxiety attack. Has, su- has suffered one of the worst weeks of his. To be fair, this is good. BBC are going with Courtois. Real Madrid say goalkeeper did not suffer anxiety attack. Daily Mail. Courtois has suffered one of the worst weeks of his career. <laughs> D- different approaches. It's not saying Courtois wears same outfit in two consecutive games, is it? <laughs> No, they save that for the um, they save that for the women's Champions League. <laughs> it's a special sidebar. <laughs> uh, yeah, elsewhere in Group B, uh, Red Star three, ten man Olympia PR cost one. Um, shout out to Kirsten from Usual Efforts who was at that game and feeling very happy with herself. Um, elsewhere in the Champions League in England this week, uh, Liverpool four, Red Bull Salzburg uh, three. Um, Sadio Mane, uh, Andy Robertson, and Mo Salah scored two goals. I went to football on Wednesday night and got out of the car, and they were three 0 up. Um, I got a bit of a surprise when I checked my phone afterwards. Uh, Liverpool were three 0 up, weren't they? Um, has anyone seen the halftime team talk by the Red Bull Salzburg coach? Yes, he's an American coach, isn't he? And he kind of gave it in like broken German. Was it set? Was it set to R. Kelly like that Bill Ricky Tarrant one? <laughs> Don't know. Uh, don't know anything about the Billy Ricky Tower, what I'm afraid. Yes, you do. It's when they're all together and Paul Koncheski was in there, started singing about being the world's greatest, and they all start have their arms around each other's shoulders and they start swaying. I've not seen that. Oh, you miss I'll find it for you. All right, yeah, you'll have to send that to me. Um, Emma, you're a lady of multiple languages. How easy is it to slip between one and the other? Uh, well, if it's me, then yeah, I've got them all in my head at the same time. I mean, but presumably, if Spanish you're a non-native speaker, it's pretty. Di- it's yeah, it's pretty difficult to keep it all straight in your head. So yeah. I don't, I don't blame him for that. Does Spanish and Catalan count as one language? Is that cheating? No, it's not the same. How dare you? <laughs> um, I, don't, I always wondered. Save for Mikel Arteta, because he speaks Basque as well, doesn't he? I always wondered if that's yeah. cheating. Is that three and one? Is it? My friend tries. To, my friend tries to claim that he can speak Spanish and Catalan, so it clearly is two different languages. It's definitely two different languages. Yeah. It's like I mean, English and Welsh. I, I mean, they're exact. No, it's not like English and Welsh. There is it. It's like English it's, and Welsh. It's not. You're a liar, and you <laughs> know you are. Come up with <laughs> you're like a liar. And, you're a liar, and you know you are. Well, I imagine, <laughs> uh, unlike Welsh, I imagine Catalan's got vowels in. Yes, yeah, there's too many. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, they brought it back back to three three. Did Salzburg um, on things I like to still podcast from? There was some mention of the fact that it was Joe Gomez in defence rather than Jean Matip, uh, who has been playing alongside Virgil Van Dijk more this season. So um, did Liverpool just switch off, or did that have anything to do with it at all? Liverpool are rubbish. That's why. 
You know what it is. Everybody yeah. dribbles past Virgil van Dijk now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how bees don't know they can't... Uh, that thing about bees not being told that they can't fly. Someone's done it once and now Virgil van Dijk can't not do it. So you think if suddenly a, a bee notices and all these bees will start dropping out of the sky like sort of they said planes would. That's what they reckon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, like, like some sort of millennium bug? Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and, and we're real pleased to see Andy Robertson keep running and getting a goal. That was quite unusual, wasn't it? I haven't seen it. What was his goal like? Uh, he started off in his left-back position, had a bit of a marauding charge, played a crossfield pass to, uh, I think it was Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, someone covered for him at left-back while he kept running, and basically by the time the ball was crossed into him, he had a tap-in from about six yards out. It was great. Total football. I do really like him, grudgingly. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, after he said those nice things about Luis Suarez at the end of the semi-final last season. <laughs> Such a nice boy. <laughs> the, the, the best thing is that after having gone, like I said, having gone to the Emirates this week, I can tell you that not only is he not the best left back in the Merseyside, he's not even the best left left back for his country either. Oh, Kieran Tierney played, did he? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. I've got that written down on about page four, so we'll come to that. Um, okay, also in Group E, uh, Genk nil, Napoli nil. So uh, Liverpool just a point behind. Napoli there. Um, and next up for Liverpool, they're at home to Leicester in the Peggy Arpex head derby. Right. Who knew that the last time uh, Mo Salah was on the pitch when Liverpool lost, Steven Gerrard slipped over? Or lost in the league, should I say? Playing for Chelsea? Yeah. Really? Well, so he wasn't playing in the Man City game? Did I not say it at home? Sorry. Okay. Can't read that again. The last, <laughs> the last time Mo Salah was on the pitch at Anfield when Liverpool lost the league game, um, Steven Gerrard slipped over. Wow, Chris, that's so impressive, isn't it? <laughs> Whoa, well, well done, Duncan. From, Chris. <laughs> I need to write down where I steal things from more carefully. <laughs> um, OK, uh, Liverpool are unbeaten in 43 home games, but Jamie Vardy has got um, seven Premier League goals against Liverpool. Only two players with 11 have scored more. Anyone to hazard a guess as to who they are? What was that? Um, James Cardi, Jamie Vardy scored seven Premier League goals against Liverpool. Um, only two players have scored more. Who are they? Okay. Is it Thierry Henry? Thierry Henry is one. Oh. Uh, the next one is a Newcastle, Manchester United, Manchester City, Fulham legend, and Blackburn. Louis Zaha. No. Oh. And Blackburn? And Blackburn. He gets the ball and scores the goals. Andy, Andy Cole. Uh, I don't remember him playing for Blackburn. You know, was that before I was born, or was that after? Him? Okay, <laughs> you were probably. Was that when, or was it when he stopped being relevant? Uh, you were still probably twenty-eight. I saw him play for Blackburn against Leicester. Uh, he was up front with Dwight York, weirdly enough. Before I was born, correct. <laughs> um, has this got a Jamie Vardy? Because Jamie Vardy does tend to do very well against Liverpool, and I do remember him scoring sort of several goals with his pace against a, a sort of chasing Liverpool defence. So if you can't dribble past Virgil van Dijk, can you right, get the ball yeah, over the top just of him? Run, just run straight past him. Yeah, can you get the ball over his head and hopefully Jamie Vardy gets onto it? Is that, is that a secret? Yeah, on form as well, two goals against Newcastle last weekend. Yeah, that's right. You're right, it's got Jamie Vardy hat-trick written all over it. Well, this was a 1-1 last season, wasn't it? Um, 
they're going uh, with this one with Harry Maguire equalised and uh, Leicester drew 1 1. So, um, I think Liverpool might struggle in this one. Oh, but then I thought they struggled. I said I thought they struggled last week and they did against Sheffield United. None of you believe me. I, th- I think Sheffield you were proven, you were, you were very much proven right. I was. And do you know what? I, I want to have a have that out at now. You've reminded me, just release a little bit of tension, a little bit of anger at bastard media who put out stories saying Henderson Howler and then gifts Liverpool. I'm so confused as to how that's happened. I'm thinking, <laughs> what's Jordan Henderson done? This is going to be brilliant. Oh, oh wait, no, they've tricked me. They know what they're doing. Um, Emma, make me feel better. How's this going to go? I think Liverpool will win, but they definitely will concede because everybody scores against Liverpool now, apart from Barcelona. That will probably happen at some point in the next few months, don't worry. I hope so. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the Champions League, Lille 1, Chelsea 2, uh, Tammy Abraham and a rather scrummy William Gold. Did you see this one, Emma? Uh, no. So, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi gets the ball on the left-hand side, crosses it straight over the top of the box to William, who volleys the ball into the ground so hard it bounces up over the top of the goalkeeper and into the goal. It was pretty cool. Um, but still only one clean sheet for Chelsea in uh, 11 games so far. Under I believe that was the one game I insisted they wouldn't keep a clean sheet as well. And it was, it was. the one game that I said they would. <laughs> um, Frank Lampard with Chelsea and Derby has only kept clean sheets in 15 out of 68 games, 22%. Um and they've won their last two games away from home in the Premier League, but conceded four. This could be quite an issue for them, couldn't it, over the course of the season? Oh, Emma, penalty. Oh. I was being that... professional, Chris. I'm not watching. No, no, no. We've got sorry. athletics. Yes. <laughs> Lampard needs to get on the phone to, to my old friend Bobby Martinez. He can help him set up a defence. Yeah. Uh, is this just a young manager learning his trade or is there a bit of a trend here that he doesn't know how to sort out a defence or what is it? There seems to be a trend here that he doesn't know how to set up a defence, right? And um, it, it, it does make a little bit of mockery of the idea that he is in a position managing at the... Hu- Chelsea should be the highest level. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so... It does seem a little bit of a failings, and I believe there's some writing from uh, Jonathan Wilson on the subject of that. Basically, Lampard's never really known how to defend, and he can't because of that. He can't set up a team to do it. Is he really written that? I, never, I didn't know that, but I picked. I don't know if he's written it, but he's definitely talked about it on the podcast. So has he? What? He was, basi- he was basically saying about how Lampard has no idea to manage the defensive transition that he set up his team to. Uh, engage in a defensive transition because he never really set to do it himself, which seems counterintuitive to when you think about you, when you think about big su- like superstar players who go on to be managers, and you think of them having learned from the managers that they were sort of at the heel at, and that would be Mourinho, right? The one player, the one, the one man who should be able to teach you how to set up a defense. Yeah, and you think that. They're on pretty good enough terms to be able for Lampard to ring Rooney and ask him. I'm sure he'll be able to give out a bit of helpful, friendly advice. I'm sure he's really available all the time. <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps he just wants to spite Ramos, spite Chelsea. Now he's got nothing. They probably still own his image rights, so he's probably annoyed about that. That's true. He's going to do everything he can to 
not help them and bring them down. Salt um, the ground so nothing can ever grow again. <laughs> <laughs> the harrying of the bridge. Uh, also in Chelsea's group, um, Ajax beat Valencia away from home 3-0. So Ajax picking up from where they left off last season despite losing some of their players. Um, Chelsea are next away to Southampton in the Mark Hughes derby. Southampton have won their last... Hang on. I've, read, I've written something down. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to move on quickly before it looks like I've made an error. Uh, Chelsea failed to score against Southampton. or Chelsea last failed to score against Southampton in 1997. You started this out well. I know. <laughs> Seamless. That was it. Everybody noticed. <laughs> Sorry. You, I, I, I was think... so busy. I was so busy concentrating on how badly you were starting it out. I didn't actually... <laughs> Didn't actually listen to any of the words you said. All right. Uh, Southampton scored in their last 17 home league games, is what I was going to say. Uh, but Chelsea um, last failed to score against Southampton was in 1997. Um, so uh, probably at a similar time that Dwight York was... Well, no, it was a bit later when he was playing Dwight York was playing for Blackburn. Uh, so um, how do you think this one's going to go? <clears throat> I, think this, I think Southampton could put up a good fight here. I think, that, I think Southampton are a very good team. I think um, Nagelsmann's a, uh, a very impressive manager. Nagelsmann? Is it not Nagelsmann? No, it's Hassan Hitchell, Hassan isn't Hitchell. it? Who's, who's Nagelsmann? He's, he's a man as well, right? He's he manages a man, yeah. someone. He's a German man. He's a German, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Hassan Hutel is a very good manager as well, so that's good. I rate both of them. Yeah. <sighs> Just taking some of the... Taking some of that heat for you, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they didn't get a manager's name wrong with Hassan Hutel. They didn't call him Hasselhoff. Ah, right. Which would be very cool. Um, and um, I don't know what you guys think, but I think that the Southampton midfield could be the envy of a lot of teams in the Premier League. You said this last week. Well, I'm repeating myself then, aren't I? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's Southampton... a big point. It's a good point forever. Yeah, yeah. Hoyved, Romeo and Will Prowse, you said. were. Yeah. Yeah. Make it again. Go on, make the same point again. I think if you had Romeo, Ward-Prowse and, um, and Hoiberg in your team, you'd be very happy. Everton's that big. And what do you think about Ward-Prowse, Romeo and Hoiberg? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, technical ability in there. Um, yeah. And they're all very competitive and hard workers. Um, yeah, I think Southampton will get something out of this, actually. Remember that point for next week when I inevitably bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> when Chelsea wins 7-0. Steamrolling the Southampton. I've managed to give up on Brighton, but I'm still going to have to carry on with this. <laughs> I can't give up on everything in one go. Can I shout the uh, underrated klaxon for Nathan Redmond? No, because Pep Guardiola's ruined that for you last season. Oh, we know. He, t- he spoke to him on the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, I told him how good he was and told him he'd be better. Oh, damn. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, Manchester City in the Champions League beat Dinamo Zagreb 2-0. Uh, Raheem Sterling scored and Phil Foden. This was a bizarre game. Um, Manchester City had 81% possession and 20 shots compared to just Dinamo's two. And every time on the um, the goal show they flicked across to this match, it was basically Manchester City trying to tick attack their way through 10 defenders uh, and failing <laughs> miserably. It was... Well, it was a game, a game essentially being played from 30 yards in a 30-yard pitch. Uh, pretty much. I mean, probably even less than that. Uh, Sterling was a substitute as well. So uh, they were... It was bewildering how this game stayed nil-nil for so long. Um, Pep, uh, rather patronisingly, said he was so sorry that he can't play Phil Foden more, but he has got 
made a good point. He's got a, a list of very good players playing ahead of him. If, um, I, if only, yeah, it was like I was, I, every time I don't play Phil Foden, I have to apologise to him because he's so good. If only you had some control over this, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a bit like this sort of self-flagellation, isn't it? Oh, I wish I could do more. And it's like, well, you, you can. He's good enough to be picked for a first team, isn't he, for, for City? And I know, I know that this is a slight... Uh, a slightly unfair point because they they do play different positions. But he then listed all his midfield options, saying, "But it's hard for him to play when I've got all these." And he was like, "Listed Rodri," and I was like, "Yeah, but you just bought him this season for sixty million pounds. <laughs> like, if you want to play Phil Foden so much, don't do that." Yeah. Exactly. Which I know is I know we're some going on, but who's a defensive midfield player? I know that. We it, I'm being flippant. Whose voice was that? Um. How I imagine Greg sounds. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Manchester City 73 touches to the Dynamo box. Dynamo managed two in return. Um, yeah, so it really was played in the last sort of few yards that game. Um, Manchester City are next at home to Wolves, Emma. Uh, City won their last 10 Premier League games they played on a Sunday. So this is going to be 11, isn't it? Didn't they lose to Wolves last season? Or am I imagining that? No, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I think they did lose to Wolves. Um, I think this Wolves are a lot worse. They are a lot worse. Europa League football was not a friend to them. No, and I, it still bewilders me why, because Thursday, Sunday is no different to Wednesday, Saturday, is it? Is it? No, not really. I don't, I don't get why it's such a sort of sticking point for teams. Um, I, I, you're making me make points I've made before now. Oh. But I need um, to do that. <laughs> um, like it's I said, they were recorded, and you could just play them at any point you want. I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up my iPad as like a soundboard, and then I went. I, I won't actually have to do any talking here. I can just press buttons, <laughs> and then I'll do another one for Ryan, and it'll be like he's turned up. <laughs> um, I think essentially the. the uh, I heard an ex-player talk about this somewhere. It was a long time ago now, so I can't I forget who it was. But they were essentially saying that it it kind of ruins their their life a little bit because even like if you've got if you're a player and you've got a wife who has a job or you've got kids, um, like you now lose some of your weekend because you have to you're playing on Sunday or Monday you're definitely training on Saturday you don't have uh, a, a Sunday off like you would have maybe 20 20 times a season or something like that and that really apparently yeah it sort of like has a and that that little sort of like five percent across the squad can have a little and when you add to all of that the travel the recovery the extra games the tired legs, I get that. So, do you bit. think it's gonna? Do you think it's gonna impact Arsenal because they played Monday night, Thursday, and then they're gonna play Sunday? Uh, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal have a bigger squad and played very they few. Play home they same. played at but home. Still, they played very. They played very few starters. Um, still, you know, it's still arguable that you know. It is, but when you play, when you have a squad the size of Arsenal, you can set up. You can almost set up two teams, right? So 
if you um I don't know who, who are Arsenal playing at the week they're playing Bournemouth, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um so you don't have to have waited until today or tomorrow to be working on your tactics and your team shape with the first 11 you've got in mind for the Bournemouth game because nine of them probably didn't play in the game against Standard Liège. Some of them were on the bench though, right? So, you know, they still had to be in game mode. They were. I saw them bizarrely came on for no reason when they were four in a lap, which was absolutely baffling. (laughs) Um, okay, so right, other games in the Champions League: Real Madrid two, Bruges two. Uh, as we said, uh, Bruges were two to look at half time. Um, Galatasaray nil, PSG one. I say that because PSG winning one nil is becoming quite a sort of regular scoreline. Um, Juventus three, Bayer Leverkusen nil. Lokomotiv Moscow nil. Atletico Madrid two. Um, Red Bull Leipzig nil. Leon two. Quite surprising given both Red Bull's form and Leon's form in the league. Um, Slavia Prague nil. Borussia Dortmund two. And finally, Emma Barcelona two. Inter Milan won. So, Lara Martinez gave um, into the lead after two minutes. How are you feeling then? Yeah, I, I I hadn't really, you know, I barely started watching. That's like before they decided to shit the bed. That was that was really impressive of them. He's an amazing, he's an incredibly he's good prospect. He's great though, isn't he? Yeah, he's really, <laughs> you, really good. You barely started watching. What happened? The, the Spanish director cut away at the wrong time again. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he's a fantastic. Yeah, he's prospect. so good, though, Martinez. Yeah. yeah, he um he swapped shirts with Messi at full time, so oh. we could sign him next season. I think we read into that that uh, Maricardi's Argentina career is over. I would imagine so. <laughs> Rightly so. Rightly so, yeah. Uh, and Luis Suarez with two goals. Which one did you prefer, the volley or the other one? I quite liked his first touch for his second goal. The first touch for the second goal was the best thing I've seen him do in two years. <laughs> yeah, because initially you're looking at it and you think that's a really heavy touch, but then he gets to it and just slides it away perfectly, doesn't he? Yeah, it's incredible. And Jesse, was... Jesse's not even here and people are saying nice things about Luis Suarez. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna measure that though. Um, the world is upside down. <laughs> he was pretty awful though for eighty eight minutes. But then had these two moments where he scored stunning goals. It's baffling, not what he's really. for, though. Yeah, and I think the time now he should be really not starting and coming off the bench to do that. Mm. Um because, you know, Griezmann's having to play on the left wing. And Is that because you, you need Griezmann and Messi to be on the field shouting at each other instead of yeah, sulking? Yeah, really, yeah. Just that extra layer of drama. Yeah, rumours they're not getting on very well. Uh, yeah, Marco tried to make a thing that um, Messi didn't pass to Griezmann once or something. Uh, right. I didn't, re- didn't realise this came from Marco. I retract the statement. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine it's all bullshit. I really you think there's nothing in it? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, fair enough. We, we, what would you give the performance out of ten? Uh, three in the first half, seven in the second. Yeah. But not making a sum total of ten. So Definitely you, not. Turning the telly tonight, going to bed, would you have a feeling of satisfaction or annoyance? Or how did you feel when you turned the telly off that night? Um... I was... Remembering that you won. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We weren't. I was very relieved because for a lot of the first half, it looked like we didn't have a chance. Um, but yeah, I was kind of baffled how Valverde seems to make all the wrong choices to start with, but then correct them perfectly in the second half. It's also Conte in the Champions League as well. Yeah, he was going, I think he got booked at one point. Oh, did he? For his gesticulating on the touchline. Yeah. Yeah, he was going crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, so Europa League then. Um, first of all, F1, F91 Dudelange won Carabag 4. Uh, a drone was flown over the pitch with the Armenian flag on. Um, who saw this? Yeah, I saw some guy nailed it with like a toilet roll or something. That's right, they were kicking... <laughs> it was incredible. They were kicking footballs at it, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was such a good shot. It yeah. just exploded. Uh, so the, part of the background to this is Nagorno-Karabakh uh, um, is an ethnically uh, Armenian version, uh, um, region of Azerbaijan and originally where Karabakh are from. Um, Asmir Begovic was in goal for Karabakh. That's the transfer that passed, you by, passed me by. Really? I didn't know he went there. Yeah. Is he not, so you're telling me he's not still at Bournemouth? No, he's not at Bournemouth anymore. I think there's a good chance he's in my fantasy football team. This could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, young Boys 2, Rangers 1. Steven Gerrard, before the game, said we quote-unquote want to hurt young boys, which is always worth a lot. Um, what else have we got? Arsenal 4, standardly aged nil, Adam. Um, standardly aged are rubbish. Okay, was this a surprise uh, to you or did uh, you not realise beforehand? <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect them to be this rubbish against Arsenal, <laughs> who are generally considered to be rubbish. Okay, so were you impressed with Arsenal, or was it just like, man, they should have won anyway? Um, I mean, they did quite well. Some players played well. Some players impressed me a lot less. Um, they got the job done. They probably could have won six or seven nil. Standardly, they didn't create a single chance in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it wasn't a a first choice Arsenal side. So. Um, you'd have to be very happy with the performance from some of the kids if you're an Arsenal fan and as I mentioned earlier maybe be a little bit perplexed as to why when you were 4-0 up your manager decided to bring on Ginduzi, Pepe and Aubameyang Did is it Saka Saki play? Uh, no no he did not no because okay. he's, he's actually been playing um, in some of the um yeah, he played on Monday night. He's a first yeah. teamer now. He's a first teamer now, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Fair Mesut right. Azul didn't play either because I'm not sure what team he is. <laughs> He's his own team. He is his own team, yeah. Team Azul. Uh, and elsewhere, AZ Alkmaar nil, Manchester United nil. Uh, zero shots on target for Manchester United. This is getting very David Moyes-esque for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, zero shots on target. And then uh, Ole complains about the state of the pitch, the referee, uh, and then finishes it with... Uh, it's a very tough place to come because Feyenoord struggled at the weekend. That smacks very much of Oli Solskjaer, uh, of uh, David Moyes saying that he was going to make Old Trafford or try and make Old Trafford a tough place for Newcastle to come uh, shortly before he was sacked. It feels <laughs> end of days a little bit, doesn't it, for Oli, a little bit? <laughs> it's almost like he's in over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Have you guys heard of the Peter Principle? 
No. Okay, the peace principle is a um, uh, it's a theory that you are promoted to your own level of um, uh, oh, what's the word? Your own level of incapability. So you'll only get so far at the career ladder to where you really probably shouldn't be, and then you won't get any further. So what's that, is that basically the idea that you'll get promoted one step too far? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, the only level you're in confidence. So Solskjaer and Lambard. Exactly, yeah. So Solskjaer... but, the thing is, but the thing is, there's a good chance that Solskjaer's been promoted about four levels above <laughs> because he somehow managed to go straight... He managed to go from from getting um, nearly getting Cardiff relegated and being fired before it happened to managing a team in Norway to <laughs> Manchester United... Yeah, he's proper Peter. Uh, I've heard that Fred is the worst footballer of all time, though. Yes. According to Manchester United fans on Twitter. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, I mean, you have to remember that we live in a world where you're either the greatest or the worst of all time. (laughs) Nothing in between. (laughs) This is a club that used to have Bebe play for them. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what was the other guy? Um, David Bellion. That's the one from other guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wolves beat Besiktas one nil. Ninety third minute goal for them, uh, and the Bridge derby between Malmo and Copenhagen was a one all draw. Um, what else have we got? Other bits and bobs of news. So it was a Copa Libertadores semi final first legs this week. Uh, River beat Boca Juniors two nil. Um, did anyone see the view from the plane that was coming into land in Argentina? Yeah, I did all the fireworks and stuff. That was pretty cool. It must wasn't have been it? a terrifying flight. <laughs> it was basically like you're flying. It was flying um, into Buenos Aires Airport, I imagine, uh, and it flew past the River Plate Stadium, and it looked like you were literally flying into some sort of volcano with all the pyrotechnics going off. Uh, and what else have we got? Gremio won, Flamengo won, which is an all Brazilian tie. Um, just a few of the Flamengo players, yes, and ex-Roma, uh, Gabi Gol, uh, Felipe Luis, and Rafinha, ex of Bayern Munich. Uh, so that's not a bad team Flamengo got. Um, Champions League semi-final first leg in Asia as well. Uh, Al Sad won, Al Hilal four. Uh, Batafimi Gomez had a good game. He scored two goals plus one own goal as well. Al Sad four one losers. Emma, guess who's their manager? Javi. Uh, Javi. He didn't look very happy at the end of it, did he? No. No. Uh, and then Urama Reds 2, uh, Guangzhou uh, Evergrande nil in the other leg. Um, other bits of bobs of news. The England team has been announced. Kyle Walker and Deli Ali are out. Lingard 2 was out, but he's got injured playing yesterday. Uh, Tamora and Tammy Abraham are in. Um, Tom Lawrence, who was booed by his own fans after his drunken car crash uh, last week, uh, was named in the Wales squad. Ryan Giggs said, quote unquote, if I hadn't picked him, there would be criticism from the football community. Anyone want to know what that means? Or anyone understand what that means? I know what it means as a sentence. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand it as a concept. No, <laughs> I don't quite. Say. I think that means like proper football men would be upset if he didn't get picked. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Again, it would be part of that whole. Well, we used to have 14 pikes and then turn up and then just beat. Them. <laughs> And then I'd get kicked in the head by Graham Souness. It was just uh, men were men. Sheep were nervous. And we didn't need the European Union. Exactly. Um, 
Manchester United striking news. Erling Haaland uh, said links with him to Manchester United were quote-unquote fucking boring. Um, and Michael Owen has come out and said that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has quote-unquote knowingly weakened the team by getting rid of players such as Darmian and Romelu Lukaku and possibly replacing them with people of the sort of calibre of Callum Wilson who they've been linked with this week. Very strange. I mean, I... I get the point about the I get the Lukaku point, but I'm not sure that getting rid of Darwin is weakening any football team. No, exactly. <laughs> Who else went in summer? Herrera went into the summer, didn't he? He's not done. He's done okay at PSG. But Herrera sort of forced his way out anyway. Yes, he did. Like he, they didn't get rid of Herrera. Herrera wanted like ridiculous money to stay. Yeah. Um, Speaking I, of ridiculous, I, I, I just think like. We can we can talk about how bad a job that Ole's doing, and that that goes without saying. But I'm not really sure that their recruitment in the summer is the problem. Maybe you could say they didn't do enough recruitment in the summer, but the recruitment they did do was quite good, right? Uh, what did they do? They Daniel James, Daniel who's James, very good, been doing well, scoring goals. Wan Bissaka, Harry Maguire, they've their defense has actually been performing quite well. Um, is it? <laughs> Yeah, statistically. Okay. I mean, they did keep a clean sheet against the mighty Alkmaar. Exactly. <laughs> and Fyodor and, and struggled. Yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Says all you need to know. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of players who uh, forced away out of clubs for too much money, um, Mario Mandzukic nearly joined Qatari club uh, Al Rayan, but uh, the deal fell through. Basically, he wanted a clause in his contract that anything he purchased in Qatar was to be paid for by the club who were already offering him a 7 million euros a year salary. That's anything. Toilet rolls to Rolls Royces. <laughs> and I was going to say, I reckon you can buy a lot of gold-plated shit in, in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> Probably literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Emma, uh, Barcelona news. Uh, Barcelona may choose River Plate coach Marcelo Gallardo as their next manager. He's won two Copa Libertadores. He's done very well in his time at River Plate, hasn't he? Would you be happy with that? Mm, I saw that. Um, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. a good record. But, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter old. what Emma thinks, though. It's what Messi thinks. <laughs> That's true. Remember, Chris, I'm not a real fan, so it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, true. that's true. Lena Messi, who's your number 10, he, it all depends on what he says. Yes. You should watch it sometime. Fellow Argentine, so, you know, Tata Martino 2.0, yeah. I that guess. Went, that went well. It went really well, yeah. <laughs> what, is it not going to be Victor Valdez? Uh, he might be getting sacked from the, the juvenile team. So maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, European fixtures this weekend Real Madrid play uh, Granada that's first versus second as Madrid on 15 Granada on 14 uh, Barcelona at Seville and Valladolid are playing Atletico Madrid here in third uh, in Italy Adam get your Premier Sports because it's the Derby d'Italia this weekend Inter versus Juventus again that's first versus second Inter top on 18 points 100% record so far Juve with 16 points uh Napoli in fourth play Torino and Atalanta in third play Lecce. Um, it's also Genoa versus Milan. I say this because Milan are um, in 16th place on six points and Genoa 18th place on five points. So a Genoa win, um, which isn't beyond the realms of possibility, would take them above Milan. There was some consideration that they were going to sack uh, Gianpaolo last weekend after the capitulation against Fiorentina. That was a terrible game. They played awfully. If every team really, really wasn't trying, it was that Milan team last week. Um, and, you know, I've watched Calciopoli. 
Um, Germany, uh, Bayern Munich playing Hoffenheim. Bayern are top on 14 points. Freiburg play Dortmund. Uh, Schalke play uh, Cologne. Uh, Schalke in fourth place. Managed by, anybody want to know? Probably this Nagelsmann guy I was talking about. No, David Wagner. <laughs> I did know about that because I listened to the same podcast as you. <laughs> <laughs> and Bayer Leverkusen are home to Red Bull Leipzig. Red Bull are in second place. So, uh, in France, PSG are top. And again, it's another first versus second. They're playing Angers, who are two points behind them. PSG 18 points, Angers 16. Uh, third place, Nantes are playing sixth place, Lyon. Uh, sorry, Nice. Uh, and it's the Rhone Derby this weekend. Satien versus Lyon. <laughs> Um, Leon are 11th with uh, only uh, 11th place with 9 points only 2 wins not having a particularly good season with Silvino as manager and uh, Janino as um, director of football um, San Etienne are doing even worse they're 19th place but they're only a point behind so again a San Etienne win will take them above their rivals who saw the Leon fans last weekend I want to mention this um, and their little rather brilliant protest who saw this no, but I heard about it on the same podcast you did. <laughs> I saw it. I, I haven't listened to that podcast. What did they do? Go on. Uh, um, their game got moved to lunchtime, so it could be aired at a ni- nice convenient time for the, the lucrative Chinese market. So they produced a, a TIFO saying, free Tibet. <laughs> um, massively in full, <laughs> bro- in full broadcast of all of their... <laughs> All of their lovely new Chinese uh, viewers. And spent the whole game waving to get flags. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. What I like about it is the retroness. Because Tibet's not even like the modern Chinese cause, right? No, it's yeah, this the Uyghurs, isn't it? This is, this is the, like Richard Gere was going on about this in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, with China, you can sort of take your pick of human rights records you want to sort of mention. Yeah, but you'd think, like, Hong Kong would be the new one, right? No, well, if we're talking about Chinese oppression, then surely the hipster's choice is the Uyghurs in northwest China. True, yeah. <laughs> I love that there's a hipster's choice. <laughs> in the time of uh, the, the first El Clasico to kick off at 2 p.m. Spanish time... So, um, oh no, it's 1 p.m. Spanish time. Um, for God, that's that 12, said Asian that's, market. that's 12 o'clock you time, that's mental. Even we, even we won't put football on as early as 12 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope I'm gonna see if I can get it started. Have free Hong Kong signs around come now. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Uh, so that wasn't for the lucrative premier sports in England market, then? No, it was. Definitely for the very, even more lucrative Asian market. I'd like to think they did it for me and Scott. <laughs> the only two premier sports customers in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are you playing games in the United States, league games in the United States as yet in the league, or is that sort of gone? Did it? Okay. Yeah, they chilled that. They realised it was a stupid idea. <laughs> yes, they did. They're going to play them in China instead. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's talk of playing the um, Supercopa in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey, really? What, in like yeah. August or something? Uh, September. Didn't you, put, didn't you no, play? No, they the... move it to January. Sorry. Yeah, uh, did, gonna move it to didn't January. the last Supercopa get played in like Azerbaijan or something like that? It was played in Morocco. Morocco, okay. Um... Oh, no, Georgia. 
shit. It was in Georgia, wasn't it? Half money will travel. It's like a Formula One race. <laughs> Italy have certainly done this. I've watched their sort of supercopper equivalent being played in Saudi Arabia or somewhere in the Middle East. I'm sure I have. But you're right. It one makes... was definitely Morocco as well, wasn't it? There was definitely yeah. something there. It makes probably... much more sense to play the our equivalent of the English Charity Shield um, than play a league game and disrupt like the whole fucking system. <laughs> well, to be fair, if you won't have a national stadium like we do, this is the problem you have. <laughs> None of them could agree who can play there when it's a Madrid derby. They couldn't possibly play it in, in at Camp Nou. <laughs> <laughs> Madrid don't want you going to the Bernabeu if they're not there. You can't go, like, that's a, it's a nightmare. I'm sorry that you just can't tolerate our, you know, bourgeois European ways. Just spend two billion pounds on a stadium that you don't need, like we did. (laughs) And you won't have this problem anymore. Couldn't they play it in, like, Quaita or Melita or somewhere like that, sort of, definitely neutral? (laughs) The little uh, Spanish enclaves in Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they should, really. Are they, are they in the Spanish league system? Uh, we played one of them in the Copa del Rey. It was either us or Real Madrid. I think it was us. What, uh, yeah, we played I mean, them that's quite a big distinction for someone who calls themselves a Barcelona <laughs> fan to say it was either us or Real Madrid. I'm starting to believe these people on Twitter. It's like, the second, it's like the equivalent of the second round of the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. Who cares? That 15-year-old boy in India was right about you. And they play over two legs. Oh, so you would have gone over there to play? Sorry? You would have gone over there to play, would you? Yeah. And then they would come to Canada and play over two legs. Yeah, you you get to have the away leg first as well. So so in the off chance, you do screw it up. You can actually play a good team at home. Not always. But they have changed it. So now, like, only the first three rounds are over two legs and the rest are over one leg. I think it's the French Cup where the uh, smaller team always plays at home. Uh, but I also think it's the French Cup where they invite teams from all the French colonies around the world, from like Tahiti and Guadeloupe to play as well. Yeah, they have one where it's like uh, there's like over a thousand entries. Yes. Did you is see the French uh, Cup that they voted to abandon? No, I don't think it is. I think that's the Coupe de France and they, they have abandoned the French League Cup, which is what England should do. Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um... Right, Premier League games this weekend that we haven't talked about so far. Uh, Burnley versus Everton, Adam. Uh, Burnley have won three out of their last four. uh, Everton got three league defeats in a row. We're about to approach an international break uh, where it's quite convenient to get rid of an underperforming manager and bring a new one in with a couple of weeks to bet in. Is Marco Silva uh, gone if Everton lose? Um, No, I don't think he is. Would you like him to be? Um, I'm indifferent to the situation. Yeah. Um... We're just yeah, we are a bit bad, um, which is sad. See, I can't work out if Marco Silva was any good or not, and a lot yeah. of him basing on the being good is him keeping Hull up. But that was quite a while ago. Yes, and his, and his record at Olympiacos, where everyone wins, right? Yeah, and I want him to do well because of what people said about him when he first arrived, like sort of Paul Merson and people. Yeah, um, but I think there are some quite damning stats, um, sort of. I think the Everton have only got like I think four points from losing positions the whole time he's been there. Yeah, never overturned. If we if we go behind, we've never won a game where we've conceded first. I think that's universal to all his teams. I don't think that's just Everton. I heard. Okay, 
which is pretty. Well, dumb. he's he's literally never won a game where he's fallen behind. No. Wow. Again, to be fair, Olympiacos probably never fell behind. Yeah, never fell behind, and then he couldn't do it with a relegated Hull team and Watford. And then, well. and then six months at Watford, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a little like you feel, we feel a little bit like we're treading water. Um, I suppose it would all—it's all about whether you can identify a target and bring them in, and actually, that's actually going to improve the team, right? I don't want myself in another Sam Allardyce situation. No. I mean, you've got the makings of an incredibly good squad if you can get the right manager in. Yeah. Mikel Arteta. Even though he's not managed anyone. Yeah. Take... Is it because he knows the club? He knows the club, he does. Look at how well it's going for Oli and, and Frank. <laughs> but you'd, you'd take Arteta, would you? I would take Arteta, yeah. Even though the three of the languages, seven languages he speaks are actually one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, guess who scored your last four uh, games in all competitions? Who scored for us in our last four games in all competitions? It's Dominic Cavalier. Yeah, is that a good thing I mean, or a bad thing? Well, one of those goals he scored from literally a centimetre out. Oh, is this so... the one he stole from Seamus Coleman? From Seamus Coleman, yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose it's got to be a good thing, right? It can't be a bad thing that he's scoring goals. But you got all your eggs in one Dominic Calvert-Lewin basket. Yeah, I think ultimately I don't think he's good enough. Hmm. Um, at the level that we want to be competing, whether he would want to be a a, a useful squad player at Everton uh, or whether he wants would want to play regular football, I think at a lower level, that will, will be a decision. Hopefully a better manager and he will have to make it at some point. But at the moment, we have um, a 19-year-old in Moise Keane who, doesn't appear, who hasn't settled as quickly as people would have hoped. And that's about it for our option, striking options. Or check Tolson. So yeah, he got back in the Turkey team today. I don't know if he's out of it, but he's yeah, he's picked in the Turkey squad. Well, I quite sure like he, him actually. I'm sure he's not as bad as people seem to think. He, everyone seems to think he is. Yeah, I think he's decent. If he's a football manager, he'd have like sort of two stars out of five. I think. Yeah, that's quite. That feels like you're damning with slight praise, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about Norwich versus Aston Villa in the Wes Hulahan derby. Um, uh, Villa, Emma have got zero points away. Norwich have won two at their last three at home. So Norwich win then? That be going for? They are on a bit of a dodgy streak, aren't they? They've lost the last couple. Yeah, but you know, it seems that their home forms. But Villa pretty good aren't they are they relatively speaking well they got Douglas Louise who's done okay and they got Jack Grealish of course haven't they who could forget who could forget indeed these two teams of course in the very first Premier League season came second and third did they yeah in fact Norwich came third with um, a negative goal difference this is the first meeting between two promoted sides in the Premier League that were involved in the first ever Premier League season since 2011-12 Yeah, Yeah, these were like sort of top Premier League teams for a little while. The longer that stat went on, the less impressive it got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Norwich did not stay a top Premier League team for long. They were once, uh, for one season, top Premier League team. Yeah, they were relegated in 95, I think. So, yeah, Very, very quickly removed. Yes, as soon as Chris Sutton went, it all went wrong. And then became a yo yo club. Yeah. There's a lot of these Saturday fixtures which scream last on match of the day. Oh, I'm going next for last on match of the day. So Watford. Yeah. 
Good choice. <laughs> uh, well, some uh, some logic to choosing Norwich here. Villa have dropped eight points from winning position so far, and Norwich has scored at least twice uh, in 17 out of 18 league games so far the calendar year. So I'm going to go for Norwich, which is I quite like Villa to do well. Yabu sucks, Ross. <laughs> um, I, I I I don't ever want Villa to do well. Um, but I'm not I'm not convinced that Norwich are that good. Oh, that's a conundrum for you. Yeah. Are you going to say draw? That's my get out, isn't it? I'm going to go yeah. with that. <laughs> Emma, what do you reckon? Uh, I, I yeah, I'll still go for Norwich. I reckon. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah I'm, why not? I'm going last match of the day for this one. Watford versus Sheffield United. Uh, Watford still winless, uh, but have won four out of the last five versus promoted teams. That's the only interesting thing I've find about this. Sheffield and that's United. not even Sheff- interesting, is it? No. <laughs> Sheffield United to win 1-0 and then be told that by their manager that they were rubbish? Yeah, could be. I mean, it seems to be his go-to move at the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, angry old man who thinks he can get better out of his team. He probably tells his team in the changing rooms have been amazing, but I'm going to call you all rubbish on match of the day. That feels like an odd, odd tactic. That feels like a proper Fergie tactic, though. Whatever works for my space. Yeah, wouldn't it? Fergie would do it the other way around, wouldn't he? He'd bollock him in the changing room and say how great they were in match of the day. Yeah. He'd do it the other way around. Uh, West Ham versus Crystal Palace in the Neil Ruddock derby. Um, no Lucas Fabianski for three months for West Ham. He's properly cropped, isn't he? That could I've be a problem. what I've done. Is that what he's done, is he? No, I don't know. I was asking. Oh, OK. Uh, I am not sure. Let me have a little look. Go on, you, Karen, talking. Well, the West Ham doctors are better than Real Madrid, so at least he's probably not been diagnosed with a mental illness. <laughs> True. Uh, West Ham conceded five goals in match, deep, match week one against uh, Manchester City. Not only are they unbeaten since then, but they've conceded fewer than five goals. Do you want to know a fun stat, considering West Ham are doing quite well? This is a, a Duncan Alexander stat that, you, that Chris hasn't got his greasy little mitts on, because... <laughs> Because I heard it, I heard it when I went to Totally Football Live on Monday. Okay. That um, West Ham lost five 0 in the opening game of the season, and no team has ever finished in the top six after losing their opening game five 0 uh, Okay, you think West Ham could do? Could you? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, maybe, I'm a little bit more concerned now that you tell me that Fabianski's out for, for six months <laughs> or three months. Yeah, with torn hip muscle apparently. Ooh, nasty. Yeah. Who's at the Totally Football Live show then? Who Who were you listening to? Um, James Richardson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Corncastle. Yeah. Um, Duncan Alexander and uh, what's his name? What's the uh, the French guy? Who's on oh, the... Julien Laurent. Laurent. Yeah. So do you get to have a? Do you get to buy a pint with him afterwards? Uh, I, I went home, so no, no. I'm sure you probably could have done. Yeah, OK. Uh, since Crystal Palace's promotion to the Premier League in the 13-14 season, they've won 46 penalties. Uh, that's the most, and West Ham have conceded 39. That's the most, too. Um, time to stick Luka Milivojevic in your Premier League t- fantasy team. <laughs> that's not the best stat on Crystal Palace that's been going around recently. Have you got this, the other one ready, Chris? Uh, is this the one about Norwich and penalties? No, the stat about Crystal Palace in 2019 or something like that. Oh, no, go on. I think in the calendar year 2019, 
Um, only two teams have scored more Premier League points than Crystal Palace. Really? Is that Manchester yeah. and Liverpool, is it? It is, yeah. Wow. Seems mental, doesn't it? That seems ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go for Palace win then. Because Palace are rubbish, right? Well, yeah. And the Christian Benteke. Uh, I'm going to go for a Palace win then. What are you guys going to do? Um, I've, I've told you, I hate... I um, I hate Selhurst Park, so West Ham. Okay, Emma? Mm, I reckon it'll be a draw. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal versus Bournemouth, Adam. This, are Arsenal your second team? No. <laughs> They're your local team? Though? They are my local team, yeah. Okay. How much further away I'm... from Spurs are you than Arsenal? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah? How long yeah. does it take to walk to Arsenal? Uh, 15 minutes. That's your local team, surely. Yeah. Time to forget Everton. They're my hundreds of miles away. <laughs> and they'll only let, keep letting you down. They do, but, but luckily when they do let me down. Yeah, yeah like Arsenal aren't going to let me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're going to get the odd FA Cup win out of them. You're not going to get anything out of Everton. Uh, them. Every once in a while we get to go to, I get to go to watch them through binoculars at uh, the Olympic Stadium, watch them beat West Ham. So. But you could do that with Arsenal. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. You get to watch a Bamiyank with Arsenal. Everton, you get to watch... Seamus Coleman? Yeah, Michael Keane. <laughs> you say that like Arsenal do not have Mustafi. Well, he's got comedy yeah. value. Michael Keane's just boring. Mustafi's kept clean sheets in all the games he's played in this season. Okay. I think you're doing right. him a disservice. Emma, as someone who went to the game, I can tell you that he played very little part in the killing sheet keeping yeah, of the last game. Massively shit. That was very much done. Standard Liege were very much uh, carrying the water on that one. Luca Dinia is an Everton fan, though. Luca Dinia, exactly, Chris. What would I do about Luca Dinia? And I'm currently wearing a Copper 90 um, Tim Cahill shirt, so what would I do with this? Be wasted. You're such a hit. Burn it! Burn it. <laughs> yeah. That reaction came very quickly, Aaron. Yeah, well, <laughs> you need to go and get yourself a Copper 90 per Metasaka t-shirt now. They're quite expensive. <laughs> you get Uber Eats. <laughs> That's why I can't afford t-shirts. Well, you're a man full of disposable income. And you don't have children. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Arsenal won one out of five in the Premier League, and they've won all five games at home versus Bournemouth in the Premier League. Um, Callum Wilson scoring his last four Premier League games is that going to be enough for Bournemouth? I think this is just going to be Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Emma. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, uh, but by no means leastly, it is uh, Newcastle versus Manchester United in the Keith Gillespie derby. Uh, Newcastle winless at home. Um, no Lingard probably, and Paul Pogba is a doubt. This will be Steve Bruce's 400th Premier League match as a manager. Um, that is mental. I had to look that up to see whether he was talking about playing and managing. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just managing. How incredibly low is his win percentage? Oh, I think it is incredibly low, like 22% or something. I did see that, but he's... Oh, maybe you're looking at this, because he's got zero wins over Manchester United in 22 attempts. But I think there's a stat, like, of all the managers to get to this 400 games, he's got the lowest win percentage. Didn't... doesn't... didn't... The, I knew that Manchester United stat, because he used to roll over for Fergie every day at times, didn't he? Oh, there was him, and then there was Brian Robson when he was Middlesbrough manager. <laughs> 
Do you remember when the whole um, I'd love it thing by Kevin Keegan? <laughs> that whole rant there. Um, yeah. Kevin Keegan said he's got to go to Middlesbrough on the weekend and I'd love it if they beat. And I thought, well, Middlesbrough managed by Brian Robson. He's not going to beat the <laughs> <ladies." laughs> Um So, yeah. Um, Manchester United won 13, gate, uh, won 13 times at Newcastle, um, which is their best away record at a Premier League team. But they're winless in their last eight away. Um, this could go either way, really, couldn't it? This, Newcastle could be up for this. Manchester United could be flat as anything. I mean, you're really having to talk up how bad Newcastle are for that, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also have to remember that they they have general, they also have quite a toxic. I know it's at St James's Park, but the the uh, the home environment is quite toxic there. So it's not going to be a, a particularly happy hunting ground for them, is it? Uh, no, it isn't. But I, I can imagine this is the sort of game where Newcastle fans would be up for. They're fickle, is that what you're saying? They turn their back on their own protest. <laughs> uh, I could well be saying that. Go on, you, you slag them off this time because I, well, I can't do it again. Did you get Dave on the transfer on the um, WhatsApp group? Like you? Well, no, you said yeah. all people in the northeast were racist. That's slightly different. Yeah, but. This, could be, this is a perfect opportunity for me to retract that, isn't it? And I appear to be saying nothing. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. No, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, in stuff I've nicked from other podcasts, if they really were serious about getting rid of uh, Mike Ashley, nobody would turn up. Um, but you're always going to get some people that are turning up. I think this could be the sort of, I mean, everyone wants to beat Manchester United, don't they? Everybody can beat Manchester United. Um, exactly, and that is the other point. So... I th- I, th- I think a draw isn't out of the question here. A score draw, one one or something. Well, last week I predicted that uh, Manchester United Arsenal would be the equivalent of the Friends episode with Ross and Chandler yes. wrestling each other, and I was right. Is this is this whole podcast just Emma telling us about all the great predictions that she did? Because yes. if, it, if it is, yes, I'm gonna it is. if it is, I'm gonna start start writing down the bad ones and bringing them up for you. <laughs> it's all the other ones. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Um, I really expect this one to be any different. If I'm totally honest. No. No, they're both awful. They are, and I think it's just like a race to the bottom, isn't it? Which is why I can see it being a draw. Oh, I think I, I think there's a good chance I might find myself something else to do at four thirty on, on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you could get yourself Premier Sports. What get with Premier Sports? You get You could watch uh, Valladolid play Atletico Madrid. There you go. And Jao Felix, who has been playing, I mean, he played all right last weekend, didn't he? When um, Sergio Ramos knocked him over, told him to get up. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and then you can follow that by watching Ciudad play Getafe. Yes. There you go. See. 90 quid, Adam. That's like two Uber Eats. <laughs> uh, right, OK, so um, that's the end of our Premier League predictions and the end of our podcast, unless anyone's got any other business. No, all good. All good. In Do the you open. want to hear a really um, scandalous story from Spain? Yes. Abs- always. Involving Valencia. Is that Valencia? Yes. <laughs> so, sorry, yes. For you anti-Europeans, that's Valencia. Yeah, Valencia. <laughs> for you Mexican waiters, that's <laughs> Valencia. 
Um, yeah, so they were having this, um, they were doing a charity uh, project um, with their ex-goalkeeper, uh, Santi Canazares, and uh, for a child cancer um, NGO. And because of all the abuse and uh, criticism the president of uh, Valencia has got, they have cancelled that project. So they will no longer be giving doing charity work for kids' cancer. What? Yeah, Real Madrid are taking on that project instead of them. Cracking, Real Madrid are the good guys. When you, yeah. when, you when you when you succeeded the high grass of Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Something terrible has happened, and the Death Star's nearly complete. Is it Peter Lin, the owner? Yeah, um, yeah. And because Canizares has been really harsh on the sacking of Marcelino and how terrible they've been doing. The president, who's a guy called Anil Murthy, um, yeah, he cancelled the project. Okay. Because he can't deal with criticism. <laughs> I wonder why Greta Thunberg gets all that problems. <laughs> Uh, okay, <laughs> that's pretty awful, isn't it? Uh, okay, right. So, um, Adam, if people want to follow you on Twitter, what do they do? Um, they can find me at Adam SA101. Emma, if, they, um, if I'm a 14 year old uh, messy fanboy from the Far East, what do I do to follow you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on at M. Gabriel Garcia. Okay, excellent. Um, we are Man of the Post. We are at Man of the Post on Twitter, at Man of the Post on Instagram, and Man of the Post on. Um, Facebook, so you can find us on all the social medias there. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Um, it helps push us up the rankings, which is really lovely. Uh, you can follow us on Acast and Stitcher and Spotify um, and subscribe on iTunes and the all four automatically into your inbox. There will probably be a review show on Sunday reviewing everything we've been previewing here. Um, and I think that's about it. So, Emma, Adam, thank you ever so much. No worries. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.